Welcome to Inside Michigan Business Podcast. This episode is made possible by Dell for Startups, providing solutions for all of your startup needs at special savings. Check out Dell's top business class PCs and accessories and register at startupnation.com forward slash Dell to save on Dell's awesome lineup of best-in-class laptops, monitors, and accessories. Welcome to Inside Michigan Business. I'm your host, Jeff Sloan. Today, we're focused on providing an update on the happenings and the accomplishments of the Herb Institute at the University of Michigan, now in its 25th year. Herb Institute is the leader in educating the future sustainability leaders at the national and global business level and the impact they're having on public and private sectors globally. Major brands like General Motors, Nike, Amazon, and on and on it goes, have Herb alumni on their teams today as empowered executives leading those companies to make better business decisions, drive change, and create innovative solutions when it comes to transforming sustainability risks into business opportunities. Joining us today, Tom Lyons, Faculty Director at the Herb Institute. Thomas Lyons holds the Dow Chair of Sustainable Science, Technology, and Commerce with appointments in both the Ross School of Business and the School for Environment Sustainability. And Terry Nelladov. Terry serves as the Managing Director of the Herb Institute at the University of Michigan, the Sustainability Partnership between the Ross School of Business and the School for Environment and Sustainability. Gentlemen, welcome. Thanks very much for having us. This is really exciting. Thanks. Yeah. What I'd like to do first is start with maybe just an overview of the origins of the Institute, the why the Institute came to be, and how. Well, that's a long story, Jeff. Um, It goes way back to development efforts at the Ross School of Business and what was then the School of Natural Resources back in the early 1990s. And Gary Brewer came to Michigan as the dean of SNR. He came from Yale. He had this idea for a joint program, a dual degree program, and they wanted to find financial support for that program. And Fred Herb was a potential donor that the school had been talking to for a number of years. And uh, he turned out to be someone that was very receptive to that notion of a broader type of education that would bring sustainability and business together. Yeah, Fred Herb had a successful business, I believe, Herb Lumber, right? Yeah. And then uh, was able, through his success, to make this contribution to the university and have it now bear his name on the Herb Institute. And so that's really the origin story, but tell us the why. What was the intention of the Institute, its mission, and does that ring true today, or has there been any modification along the way? Well, I think one of the exciting developments over the last 25 years, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary this year, is that Fred and Barbara Erb had a vision for business and the environment working together and sustainability and to create a sustainable world through the power of business. But we started 25 years ago as a dual degree teaching program focused on environment and business. And over the past 25 years, what has happened are two really interesting trends. One is our perspective on sustainability has broadened. So environment's still really important, even more so today than than ever. Uh, Climate change and water, circular economy and toxics, biodiversity, all really important. And other social, community, responsible labor and diversity and now justice, we also see as key parts of the role of business in creating a sustainable world. So the Herb Institute today, 25 years later, focuses on the risks and opportunities to business 
from a broad range of social and environmental issues. And then the second trend that's been really interesting is we started as a teaching program. Students would study between the two schools, the Ross Business School and the School for Environment and Sustainability, and receive both degrees and the Herb Institutes. It provides opportunities to prepare them to be not just business leaders, but really leaders for sustainability. So we continue that focus 25 years later on teaching, but we again have expanded our platforms for impact to also include research, deep scholarly journal quality, research that's leading thought leadership around the world, and also business engagement, where we really want to be out in the business dialogue, projecting out our thought leadership into the hands of business leaders who can make a difference and use it for impact today, and also bringing back their new questions to inform our research and our teaching. We have a second roundtable that works with business leaders for impact. I'd mentioned earlier that, that we think of our work across three main areas. We research, teaching, and business engagement. And that third area of business engagement, I think, is what really distinguishes us as an institute. Not many university institutes really do that, to be out in the business dialogue, bringing back new questions, and working with current business leaders for impact. And so three years ago, we created a new roundtable called the Michigan Business Sustainability Roundtable, and it includes the chief sustainability officers from 15 of Michigan's largest companies, brands you'll recognize, Ford, Dow, Whirlpool. And we started with the question of how could we facilitate their work as business leaders for impact at the Michigan state level? So each one of these large companies has their own internal sustainability strategy and they, they have their initiatives and they do reporting. So they're moving their companies towards sustainability, but often they encounter obstacles at the state level that if lifted would help them achieve their company goals. Yeah, I love the mission and I love the idea of bringing together what might otherwise be separate schools or separate tracks of education one on environment and sustainability, the other on business, but bringing the two together and in a way kind of bringing the education and the culture that goes with a focus on sustainability right into the leadership ranks by you know the, the graduating students that then go off and take positions at these great companies, some of which we mentioned in the intro. You know, that's a great way to change the culture of a company, change the focus of a company and redirect it so that this becomes a primary focus of the company, not only as a mission and a duty, but also as it relates to opportunity for the business. So that's something to really be proud of, guys. We're certainly the best at it. We've been doing it longer than just about anybody else. We have more alumni and we have more students in our programs. So I think we're far and away the most impactful educational institution doing this kind of work. And I want to add that building on what Terry was saying about the research mission, we're also really trying to transform, and I think with some success, the way business education is done more broadly around the world. So we're placing new faculty members in business schools globally through our postdoc program, which has been in place for over a decade. And we've got faculty in countries all around the world that are now able to help teach other students the same perspective on business that we're doing at the Herb Institute. So tell us about some of the issues to bring this down to, for those of us who aren't directly familiar with the program and the teaching subject matter, 
Tell us some of the specifics that students are taught in the Institute that they take with them into the corporate world or into the teaching world uh, beyond being at the Institute. Yeah, one of the areas that students are really interested in is the transition to clean, renewable energy. And we have a lot of different courses available for them to explore that. And in that process, they learn about the technical details of what's required to get solar and wind integrated into the grid, um, what it's going to take for batteries to become viable at large scale and to integrate into the electric vehicle supply chain. Uh, they understand about how public policy works, the role of corporations in helping to shape that and be positive contributors to create the policies that we need in order to build a sustainable future. So that's just one area where they get really in-depth education about how to shape the future. And I'll mention a, a second area that's of great interest to the Institute is what we call a stakeholder-based view of the firm. And you mentioned earlier, Jeff, a really important word for us at the Urban Institute, opportunity, business value. So much of sustainability work really over the past 25 years has been focused on sustainability risk. And we work with our students to help them manage that downside risk. But we're also trying to make the business case for sustainability, which means looking for business opportunity in social and environmental change. And we believe at the Herb Institute that we, we go back to basics, which is a stakeholder-based view of the firm, that all stakeholders around the firm are, and within the firm are important to the purpose of the, the company and its success. And so this is a broader move from shareholder primacy of the 1970s and Milton Friedman's perspective that the shareholder was the most important stakeholder to what we see emerging in the coming years as a stakeholder capitalism, where shareholders continue to be important and employees, community, activists, policymakers are also all important stakeholders in the firm's success and in their expectations of, of the firm. So we work with our students to, to help them manage, to understand first who their stakeholders are, what are their expectations, and then to manage the relationship with them so that they're better meeting stakeholder expectations and also being more profitable in the short term and more competitive in the long term through recognizing those, those stakeholder expectations. I think that's really interesting and bold. Let me ask you, taking it a step further, does it change perhaps ultimately down the road the way we define success for a corporation? It absolutely does. And I'm sure Tom has um, his thoughts on this too. This is something we've been talking a lot about at the Herb Institute um, really the purpose of business in society. And we believe that business has a role to play, not just in generating wealth and prosperity, but also a role in creating an inclusive environment for all members of society, promoting um, quality of life, really human development. And another trend that we've been working on the past couple of years is really trying to elevate the sustainability discussion from the firm level what happens in a company and around a company through its stakeholders to the next level, which is policy. And we really believe that a sustainable world, as our mission says, to create a sustainable world through the power of business. We can start at the company level, we can progress up to the industry level for wider impact, but really deep transformational change, what would really be a sustainable world, also has to involve policy at the national and the global level. 
And so more of our work now is focused on preparing our students and our current business partners to be advocates for sustainable policy. And Tom has written, done a lot of research on this, wrote a transformational article in 2018 that has become a working group for the Institute that maybe Tom wants to, to mention as an example of that policy impact. So back in 2017, I gathered a group of close research scholars that are part of the Herb Institute's network. And we were trying to think about the next generation of sustainability efforts by companies. And when can companies help to lead a system level transformation? And what we concluded was um, in the title of the paper, CSR needs CPR so that CSR isn't enough anymore. We need corporate political responsibility. We need companies to step up, as Terry was saying, advocate for policies that will raise and level the playing field so that all companies have incentives to be more sustainable. And that is really a big shift in the way a lot of companies think about things, because traditionally companies have mostly thought about their engagement with government as trying to say no to tax increases. And this perspective is calling on them to be much bigger thinkers, to think longer term, and to think about how to transform an entire system, as Terry was discussing. So uh, we're really excited to have a group of companies engaged with us in our CPR task force. They're working together with us to design principles for businesses to be politically responsible. And we think this will be helpful for businesses just in their own interests, as well as helping to create a broader systemic change because companies are really subjected to a lot of pressures now when it comes to their involvement in the political world. And so they need a set of principles to stand on and to give them guidance as they deal with this increasingly polarized and complicated political world that they have to be a part of. Yeah, I can picture, indeed, it's correct. And I can picture leadership at the corporate level, you know, when issues like this tend to face them, at least in the past, it's, oh, no, not that again, you know, or I've got to deal with this. I mean, when you define corporate success these days or business success as, you know, how uh, well their shareholders do from a financial standpoint, purely, that's one thing. When you begin to broaden the definition of success and the role of a corporation in society today and what's expected of them and what's appreciated by them and as a result of the work that they do, good or bad, that changes the entire dynamic. And I think that's really exciting thinking at the very least. And you guys are on the forefront of creating tomorrow's leaders that are well-equipped to help change that corporate culture, help change the definition of what it means to be a successful company. That's just very, very exciting forward thinking. And certainly, if we're going to have success as humanity into the future, these are just fundamental issues that must be addressed by all of us, including those companies that, you know, in certain cases are the big perpetrators at the very root of the problem. So we appreciate the good work you're doing. Do you have specific success stories maybe you could share of students who have come through, pick out a couple of them, it doesn't need to be necessarily by name, but give us a success path for someone who goes through the program, where they end up, and how their success is measured? Yeah, absolutely. And, and for us, our Herb Institute alumni, which are now over 650 in 17 countries around the world over the past 25 years, are really our, our greatest asset. And so just off top of mind to come to, to mind as, as examples of this type of business leadership, but in different industries. One, uh, Monique Oxender graduated from 
the dual degree program with Herb Institute back in 2004. What's really exciting about her case is she actually worked on projects and summer internships with Ford Motor Company here in Michigan, then later was hired for her first job, spent eight years at Ford helping develop their supply chain sustainability program around the world. And then from Ford went to an entirely different industry, Green Mountain Coffee Roasters, one of the largest importers and distributors of coffee, which later was bought by Keurig, became Keurig Green Mountain, and then later merged with Dr. Pepper. And so it's now Keurig Dr. Pepper. And Monique has risen now to chief sustainability officer of that group, the Keurig Dr. Pepper group, which is a global brand with presence around the world, huge impacts on sustainability and agriculture and beverages. And it's exciting to have an herb alum in that role, having impact. A second example I can offer is Melissa Vernon, who graduated just a couple of years earlier from the dual degree program at the Herb Institute in 2002. She too had worked briefly at Ford Motor and then went to Interface, the carpet manufacturing company. And um, was there 12 years. Um, Interface is known as really a sustainability leader in floor coverings and really across manufacturing and rose to be the director of sustainable strategy at Interface, was helping to find kind of the next wave of sustainability for one of the most innovative companies in the world. And then recently left Interface, works with Climate Impact Partners, which is a climate strategy consulting firm with deep ties to other Herb Institute alumni, has been there now almost five years. And she's taking her expertise and her experience from these different industries and companies and sharing them with other companies through consulting. And we see that as an opportunity for really increased impact and a much broader range of companies that, that she can work with as a sustainability leader. So let's first talk about the future. Sure. One of the things we've been doing for the last 25 years is trying to leave future generations a healthy planet that will allow them to be at least as well off as we are. So it's fundamentally an ethical commitment. And once you recognize that, you start thinking, well, why would I not extend that same ethical commitment to the people that are on the planet with me here today already? And that theme really came up as we were doing our strategic plan for the next five years. Our stakeholders around the world kept speaking up about the need to emphasize justice as a key dimension of sustainability. And so we think of that as justice for people that are here with us on the planet today. So in some sense, a spatial dimension of justice, in addition to the temporal dimension where we're thinking about people that may be living generations from now and wanting to leave them a healthy planet that allows them to lead their best lives. So that's a really fundamental shift for us. And it's going to infuse everything we think about and everything we do going forward over the next 25 years. Tom Lyon, faculty director of the Herb Institute, and Terry Neladov, managing director of the Herb Institute. We appreciate you guys being on with us today. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Inside Michigan Business. All right, that wraps up this episode of the Inside Michigan Business Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to receive programming notifications and special event announcements by going to InsideMichiganBusiness.com. Follow us on your favorite social media platform and wherever podcasts are downloaded. Thank you for listening. 